Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will help you grow your business and empower you to take it to the next level. I'm so happy to have my guest today, Lori Smith. Let me tell you a little bit about Lori. Lori is an intuitive public speaking and leadership coach. She helps visionaries on soul-driven missions to stand on their power, speak their truth, and lead. Lori is the CVO caring visionary officer of Voice Matters and the author of Your Voice Matters, A Guide to Speaking Soulfully When It Counts. Our mission is to call forth more open-hearted leaders so that they can do their part to change the world with authenticity, creativity, and courage. She envisions a world in which everyone shares the vibration of their soul purpose with the world through their voices. And together, we reach global harmony. What a beautiful idea. Lori can always see the soul underneath the static, which makes her really good at motivating people to fight their inner demons and find tremendous inner power. Our theme for today is Unleash Your Presence, Stepping Into the Power of Your Voice. Please join me in welcoming Laurie Smith. So Laurie, just a a great, great bio there. Love the title of your book, Your Voice Matters, A Guide to Speaking Soulfully When It Counts. I think you should speak soulfully all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So I always start out with a really easy question to break the ice. And that is just tell everybody where you live. Where do you call home? I call San Francisco, California home. Yes. You left your heart. No, you never left your heart. You kept it there. (laughs) It's right here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into this. So what connects our voices to raising consciousness? Hmm. Love the question. The way I look at the world, it's, I see the image in my mind of that, that image that we've all seen with like, you know, the homo sapien that's bent over (laughs) evolving to what we know and we are now and i yeah. feel like the same thing is happening in consciousness mm. and the bodies that our voices come from are a step back 
they're the equivalent of being a little bit hunched over for most people. So we're, we're doing all this work on the planet right now to raise our consciousness and to be kinder Mm -hmm. and to come more from love. Mm -hmm. And yet the house that houses our voices hasn't quite caught up yet. (laughs) So the vibrations coming out of our bodies are different. Mm -hmm. It's as if they have static for those of us that are old enough to remember radio stations that you had to tune into <laughs> or the antennas TV. <laughs> on top of the television <clears throat> it's a little bit like we're all we're all that as we walk around mm-hmm. our voices are just a little bit off of our highest consciousness mm-hmm. so it's almost like a mixed messages Yes. Yes. The, when I was in a leadership group many Mm -hmm. years ago, because I'm of course walking the same path that I want to help others walk, we had to do an exercise where we spoke Mm -hmm. and the feedback that I got at the time was that the words that were coming out of my mouth sounded beautiful, Mm -hmm. but something seemed out of alignment. My presence seemed out of alignment with what I was saying. Mm. which sends mixed signals out we're saying one thing and people are feeling us and and listening to what's underneath the words and they're hearing a different message than Mm. the shaky signal that's kind of coming out very intriguing all right so how can we be assertive without being aggressive (laughs) and for those of us that have been working since the 70s We know aggressive. (laughs) Yes. So let me start with, I believe that because our world loves binaries, we love to think in opposites. Mm -hmm. It's creating confusion. Mm -hmm. Most of us think that there are only two options. I can be aggressive or Mm -hmm. I can be meek. I can be powerful or powerless. Mm And in reality, there is a third option in the middle. That is where assertiveness lies. And there was even a a famous TED talk by Amy Cuddy. Um, We can change our bodies by changing our mind. We can we can change our minds by changing our bodies. I can't remember it now. Look it up. (laughs) Look it up. Amy Cuddy. It'll be the first one that comes up. Uh, They did a study, and when I watched the videos in the back of this really good, empowering TED Talk, I was looking and noticing that some of what I would call assertive and what I would call aggressive, they were all collapsed into one because it was Mm. broken into two, high power and low power. Mm. There's a third option, which is an equal power Mm. way of being with others, And the doorway in that I go through most of the time is our physicality. Mm -hmm. So I can have a physicality where my heart is sort of caved in and then it it makes Mm -hmm. me not want to make eye contact with you. And now my voice is kind of getting quieter. And if I were standing up, my weight would be on one foot and I would look exactly like I did as a 15 year old. On the flip side, if I'm looking at how most of our Western world is doing confidence, I'm going to have an 
over leaning forward and over abundance of physical energy going and my impact is going to come off as aggressive mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. desperate if i'm asking a question you mm-hmm. might see me as desperate Right. If I'm saying statements, you might feel like I'm trying to control you or yeah. order, order you around. Mm-hmm. And physically, if we can find the place in the middle where there's a balance of effort and ease, mm-hmm. the heart is open, but not pushing. Right. I'm making eye contact with you. And I still have a sense of my peripheral vision. Mm. This is that equal power place. And, and you really take a lot of the stress, anxiety out of that conversation you have with the people because you don't feel threatening, but you also feel authoritative or not um, um, knowledgeable, I guess, a subject matter expert type of thing without being that authoritative this my way or the highway kind of thing it's like yeah uh, i've called it with some clients of mine it probably came from one of them so i should give credit where credit mm-hmm. is due the caring authority ah nice i like so that not not dictatorial mm-hmm. an authority who's open and caring and still willing to learn more that yeah. they're an authority or a subject matter expert like you said but that doesn't mean they know everything about everything. Yeah. And they're willing to be wrong. And that, that's yes. sometimes a hard thing for people, but you know, you're not going to always be right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Can you talk more about breathing and our voice? This is something that I so believe in, but go ahead. <laughs> yes. Breathing is the gasoline that makes the voice go. If we fill up our tank, Mm -hmm. because we're raised in a world that is telling us all that we're too much or not enough, and we need to hide and try to fit in, most of us at one point or another have been told, Mm -hmm. don't be too emotional. And the way we suppress our emotions is by suppressing our breath. We're also mirroring all of the adults when when we're children and we stand upright, we're seeing and feeling how all the adults are doing it and they've been suppressing Mm -hmm. their breath. And if we really want our passions and our our energy and our caring and to have life in our words, we need to relearn how to breathe like we did when we were babies. Mm. And then one of my favorite ways of, of saying this is it's not exactly returning to how we were from zero to five. Yeah. Because at five years old, I might have dropped to the ground and thrown a temper tantrum <laughs> because my mom said, no, you can't have more cal- more Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. I would hope at 50 years old, I'm not going <laughs> to drop to the ground and do that. And the difference is that I want that open channel and mm-hmm. all of that breath supporting my voice. And at 50, I'm going to marry it to a sense of purpose or an intention that I have mm-hmm that is beyond even my adult self. As an adult, I have the wisdom 
to try to show up that way. And it's, it's a, it's a sense of purpose that is bigger than me and bigger than you and bigger than this podcast Mm -hmm. that I'm tapping into and then allowing the breath to bring me to life in service of that. That's awesome. So what connects being seen to being a great speaker? Great speakers are having a conversation. That's, that's what I tell everyone. I have the I own the website. You do. Darn it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sort of. Um, great speaking is a conversation, even if I'm standing at a podium or in yes. a football stadium with hundreds of thousands of people so, listening. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, we really need to connect deeply with that audience. We need to be intimate Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the audience. And intimacy involves seeing them and listening to them and also allowing them to see us. (laughs) The real us, not not a mask that we put on and if i have a if i have a pet peeve about speaking it's that there is an impression that there's only one kind of charisma and sometimes people put on a peppy mask or they're an introvert but they think they're trying to put on an extrovert mask and then they're they don't know any better Mm. I want to walk around and say, you don't need to do that. It's not the mask that has the charisma. Mm. It's you. You Mm. have your own unique kind of charisma. Mm. And you unleash that one-of-a-kind charisma by allowing the audience to see you. Yeah. And, And being okay with what they're seeing. I think that's what why we put on the mask. Because underneath it all we aren't okay. You know, we don't, we have that self-doubt, we have that imposter syndrome or whatever. And so we're just afraid that all those judgments that we heard throughout our lives, maybe are just always going to keep coming up. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And um, authenticity is one of my top values. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, I think about 10 years ago, I started calling it raw authenticity <laughs> because authenticity got very used and yeah. still to some mm-hmm. extent is, although it felt like there was a, a peak there. And I, at the same time, also felt like, yes, I want to be authentic. And when I'm happy, I have no problem being authentic. Mm-hmm. It's when I'm feeling tender or mm-hmm. raw yeah. that's really the value is to be able to be authentic even mm-hmm. when I'm having a bad day, yeah. even when I'm not feeling quote unquote, okay. Mm-hmm. So true. So what advice do you wish that you were given when you were 20? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head is you are exactly where you're meant to be. And it's all playing out exactly as it is supposed to in its own time. Mm. My teenage self and my 20-year-old self 
and even at, you know, it flashes back up even today. <laughs> at times I am the epitome of grace and patience. And at other times my inner teenager and, you know, mm -hmm. there are parts of me that are not patient that don't understand why things that I know are possible are not already here right now in this minute, two yeah. seconds after I had the idea. <laughs> so funny. I think that's whenever I work with the youth, I always feel like that's what they expect. Like right now, right here, it has to be. What isn't it here yet? Exactly. <laughs> that patience is really, as they say, a virtue. Yes. All right. It's time now for us to do rapid fire. This will be five statements or questions and just whatever comes to top of your mind. So give our audience some top tips for keeping your voice healthy when speaking often. Mm. Lots of breath, lots of water, lots mm -hmm. of rest. Yeah. around the speaking yeah which yeah uh, it's not as bad now because of for the last few years we we came upon this world but i know whenever you were constantly going going and going that was that self-care didn't always happen yeah yeah es especially for traveling speakers mm -hmm. and it can be challenging i spoke mm -hmm. at a conference in 2016 on the second day of a two-day conference mm -hmm. and I went to sleep at eight o'clock at night even though their time zone was ahead of mine mm -hmm. and everybody at the conference stayed up partying, partying. all night long <laughs> it was the I was very glad that I rested and it was one of the most challenging audiences mm. Because I, I stepped out to speak right after lunch. So not only were they oh, wow. hung over and depleted, they were also digesting. And I, mm -hmm. I have a memory of 95% of the audience looking like this. <laughs> now, I'm happy to say that by the end, it was more 90% looking engaged and awake and 10% still looking like they needed to go take a nap. And that's what their body needed at that point. Yeah. And that's, then that's whenever you speak, you have to <laughs> quickly pivot uh, into whatever presentation you had and find ways to um, re-engage and get them, yeah. get them motivated again. Yeah. So what is the secret though, to capturing your audience from the very start my secret to capturing the audience from the very start <laughs> is to step up on the stage, look someone in the eyes and yeah. take one breath and then re-inhale and start talking yeah. so that instead of walking out and launching into words, actually take a moment to ground and connect with them silently Mm -hmm. And since we talked about it earlier, it's even listening to them. Where mm -hmm. are you emotionally, audience? Mm -hmm. And then start from there. And you're much more likely to have them because you've really wrapped your arms, your energetic mm -hmm. arms around the room in that silent beat. Very good. So what is the importance of energy that you bring to the start of your speech mm. or 
or a, or a presentation or a conversation. Yeah, I I like I just said it accidentally. Mm -hmm. I like to ask people to imagine that they have an energetic set of arms and that you can hug the audience mm -hmm. right from the beginning. That for a lot of introverts is a game changer. Yeah. It's when they really start to understand great speaking doesn't mean that I jump up and down on a table. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean effort. It means energy and energy mm -hmm. comes in all forms. Mm -hmm. So you have to allow the energy to flow in your own body, but it doesn't need to be popping like an electrical storm. It doesn't need to be any particular kind of energy we need to allow it to flow and then to hug the audience mm -hmm. with whatever energy we're in. Yeah. And then the audience will feel held. Mm. They'll feel safe and they'll be hanging on our every word, whether we do decide to jump up and down on a table or whether we're having more still silent, calming moments, we can do our whole range from there. Mm -hmm. I always think of a, a good speech as one that is the roller coaster ride that you take that person on. If it, it can't be flat, it has to really take them on that journey and and be able to see and be part of it. So yeah, yeah. And and your authentic roller coaster ride yeah. at an amusement <laughs> park, there isn't just one ride. There are a lot of dynamic roller coaster rides. Yeah. So what is the best moment you've experienced with an audience to date? <laughs> the best moment I've experienced with an audience to date was as an actress. Mm. Uh, it was twice right before the pandemic hit. Oh. I was understudying mm -hmm. uh, at Berkeley Rep theater, Berkeley Repertory Theater, which is a large, well-known, everybody wants to perform their theater <laughs> here in the Bay Area. I was understudying the role of Becky in Becky Nurse of Salem. Mm -hmm. It was about nearly a three-hour play, and Becky was on stage the whole time. Oh, wow. And we had our understudy rehearsal on December 26th of 2019. Mm -hmm. We did not even finish the play. And on December 29th, my then boyfriend, now husband, were hosting a party to watch the Seahawks play the Niners, which is <laughs> funny because they're going to do that again on Saturday. <laughs> And when you're an understudy, you're not free to live your life until about a half an hour before the show starts. Yeah. So the show was at seven at 5.30 PM. I swear on my life, somebody in our kitchen said, can I get you a drink, Lori? And I looked at my watch and I said, no, I need to wait about another hour just mm -hmm. to be safe until right. I know I'm in the clear. And my cell phone started ringing when I finished that sentence. Oh, I walked over to it, looked at it, because usually it's spam, mm -hmm. saw the name of the stage manager, and apparently I can't do justice to the face that I made. 
as I was putting it up to my ear, I was looking at my husband and, you know, he said, you looked terrified. And sure enough, he said, <laughs> hi, Lori, this is Michael Swankle. I really wish I was making this phone call in a couple of weeks. Oh. The main actress had done the matinee and on the way home to take a nap at her studio, her hip had popped out. Oh, jeez. And she kept saying, you know, because we all want to go on stage, just give it some time. It'll come back <laughs> because it had popped out and come back. Before. And it also had had times where it popped out and didn't come back. And he said, you know, it's pouring rain, of course, get to the theater. And then he started asking me because we hadn't done any kind of costume fitting. Can you bring a pair of jeans? Can you, you know, so I'm wanting oh, wow. to be in the car on the way and I'm running around the house and all the people <laughs> in the house are looking at us like, what is happening? So I got to the theater, we ran through fight call because you need to do that mm -hmm. in order to be safe. They put the costume on me, most of the pieces fit, some of them I had to use my own. Mm -hmm. And I had about five minutes left and I started to go to that mental space of trying to run a three hour play, all of the lines <gasps> in my brain. And I just said, stop. And I took a necklace off that I wear that has the word believe on one charm, mm. my mother's ashes in another charm, uh. and a charm from my leadership group. And I set it down on my dressing table and I kind of imagined that I was tapping into whatever the main actress had been tapping into. Just, mm. you know, take a detour from where she is and come toward me tonight. Mm. And then I dropped down on the ground and I started doing some Fitzmorris voice work, very, mm. you know, get get close to the earth, get grounded, do more of a vocal warm up. And then they called places and I walked out on stage uh, to a seven minute monologue or something like that directly to the audience. <sighs> that was the hardest part. There was a moment in that where I inhaled and just, in my in my mind i was blank mm -hmm. and then something came to me and i said it and when i looked at intermission i had skipped one line it was one of my favorite lines so i did not skip it the second time i went on <laughs> and then in the second scene it was with another actor oh. and i looked into his eyes as the scene started and i remembered all of the other cast members are doing this eight days a week or more. They've got you. Me. When you talk to the audience, you need to be, you know, if you go blank, which I did not, you know, really blank, right. you need to channel, you know, have the universe help you out there. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of the play, just play with your playmates. Mm -hmm. And by the second act, I was so connected to the audience, so in my own body, so connected to the other actors on stage. Right. I could feel the energy of the audience. Um, I could feel the pulse. I could feel how long it was going to take them to think and whether they were going to laugh on certain lines or not. Mm -hmm. And when I came off stage, the stage manager just, you know, jaw on the floor. He said, how did you do that? You landed every joke how did you do that and i don't remember what i said probably through me not of me like yes 
it is allowing yourself to be seen that allows yeah. you to feel where the audience is, whether you're speaking or acting. And it was trusting in my ability to do that and allowing that to happen, even though when we'd had one rehearsal, we didn't even finish the play. Wow. That's that one and the next one are almost tied for my favorite because wow. I was I was aware about a day before for the second one. And when it was time to bow, that same actor who was in that first scene mm -hmm. with me, when it was time to bow the second time, he whispered in my ear, really take your moment, darling, or something like that. Like really let them thank you huh. because what you did was huge. Um, that's it. And I really, you know, that's like, let them see you even when the character's gone, mm -hmm. really let in the thanks. And I did. And then I stepped back and, you know, we all took hands and did the final bow. And he just, you know, whispered, there you go. Because yeah. the first time it had been more like, I did it. It's out. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like I was trying, yeah. but I was so full of adrenaline the first time that I was just kind of like, and now we bow and I haven't practiced that part. And let's get off the stage. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I, I, the next question you just already answered, it's the, um, you know, what, what is your most favorite memory, but uh, let's go on to the last one, which is what's your next path on this journey of your life? In terms of my calling and how that's going to play out, my intention for this year is alchemy, mm. magic, being connected to my intuition and allowing seeds that have been planted to turn into gold. Oh. The other half is more of my personal life. Um, I got married in the middle of 2022. Oh, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, and living into that is a huge part of what's present for me. Mm -hmm. Living into the vows, um, enjoying, enjoying that it feels the same as before being married and deeper and different from oh. before being married. So nice. Well, I've been married a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Congratulations. Yes. yes. We're, we're already almost to 45. Wow. Nice. It is time now for us to share my screen. So this is a warning for everyone that has not had a pen and paper with you. If you're just listening, it is time now for me to share my screen. I will read what the website is so that you know how to get in contact with Lori. So the website for Lori is voicematters.com. That's V-O-I-C-E dash M-A-T-T-E-R-S.com, voicematters.com. She's on Facebook at Voice Matters LLC. LinkedIn is Lori Smith, Voice Matters, all hyphenated. And then Instagram is voice underscore matters underscore LLC. So I will now turn it over to Lori to talk to you about the free gift that she has for you. 
Thank you so much, Vicki. The free gift that I have is the authentic, uh, the visionary soul's guide to authentic speaking. Mm -hmm. It's a short, rich speaking guide in a PDF format to help you unleash your presence in the moments mm -hmm. that matter the most to you. So you can be the real you and have your energy and your soul's voice radiate outward from there. That sounds wonderful. I will have to download that myself. Alrighty, so again, to get that, you'll go to voicematters.com slash PDF dash speaking dash guide. And again, this information that you see on the screen will be able to be seen on YouTube as well as on my website. Well, it has been just so wonderful getting to know you and learning all about what you do and your subject, subject matter expert tips that you gave us, great tools to be able to also share your story of that wonderful opportunity that you had to shine. And I'm so glad that you did get to take advantage to be able to soak it all up and feel the wonderfulness of people appreciating your craft. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me here today. It's been awesome. wonderful spending time with you. Yeah. Alrighty. So as I always tell everyone to remember that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.